Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2015. This is Gary talking about Step 2. Good morning all. I'm Gary, alcoholic and sober today. And uh, to start off, that's the most important thing I could say today is that I'm an alcoholic. And that's the greatest reality in my life today. Uh, whether I'm drinking or sober, I'm an alcoholic. And uh, it's been some time now since I've had a drink. I think they call me because um, Chris, Dave well, might have wanted an old fogey here. Uh, <laughs> um, I came into Alcoholics Anonymous in 1975. Um, and it took me a while to stop drinking. It took me till um, February the following year. And uh, that I, in that period of time, I, I came to AA and I, I, I had problems. I had lots of problems, and my way of solving my problems was to drink. See, it, it took away all my problems, and um, I didn't have to worry about them once I anaesthetised my brain. And uh, my crazy up-down, upside-down thinking was what, what held me up in, the, in those early days. So I went to meetings, and um, I... I'd, uh, I came, I came to meetings, I guess when, when we look at these, you hear people talk about the pre-contemplation stage and, and I came through that stage where I came because other people wanted me to come. I came because my wife wanted me to come, my, my parents wanted me to come, but I didn't necessarily want to come. And I went to meetings and I used to listen to some of the older speakers in those days that would say that it's the first drink that causes the problem. And I even had, I can even remember um, over this side of town there was a man known as Eltham Dick that used to bang the table and used to say, it's the first drink, it's the first drink, and he'd say it 10, 15 times. <coughs> and at the end of the meeting, I'd sneak down the hotel and have a drink before I went home. <laughs> it just wasn't registering at all. <laughs> and uh, it was partly because I, I, I still wasn't convinced that this was, that the, Alcohol was my problem because it was my best friend and it was helping me solve all my problems. It had turned on me, it had turned nasty on me and um, I'd, I'd got very, very sick, but still not enough to be convinced up here. My mind was telling me different things. But I kept coming, so I came. I came, as it says in the second step. I came and eventually I started to come too. And I guess that's the best way to do it, I could, I could say. And then in about February of the next year, um, I started to come to and I started to realise the, um, the powerlessness and the insane un unmanageability of my life. And that's about how I could put it, and it was, it totally was. I, I was full of negativity. Um, I had no self-worth, no self-respect, no nothing. And um, I sat in meetings... And I walked out, I'd walk out after meetings, I wouldn't talk to people, but, but something was going through. It was working without me even knowing. And um, in, in the following February, I was to meet a man, it was to become my first sponsor. And uh, he helped me a lot. And um, he decided that he'd, um, he'd pick me up and take me to meetings because he'd been talking to my wife and talking to a few other people. And if he, t if he drove me to meetings and got me, he'd get me home without going to the hotel on the way home, which everyone was worried about, <laughs> except me. <laughs> but, and um, and this is, that, was the, that was the start. But, but 
His name was Les, long time Les. Some may know him um, or know of him, but, but Les um, used to tell me to share with him in the car the best thing that I got out of the meeting, and he'd share the best thing with me when we got in the car afterwards going home. And, um, and, uh, and I used to listen up at meetings and I'd say, I must share that with Les when I get in the car. And by the time I got in the car, I'd forgotten what it was. <laughs> I couldn't retain anything for an hour and a half. So I used to write things down on my hand so that I had something to share with him. He wouldn't let me share anything negative. It had to be something positive. And I used to talk about some long-winded speaker. He'd say, I don't want to know about that. You know? Tell me something good you got out of the meeting. You know? And he, he made me focus on good stuff. And he was very good for me. But... Um, I, I, I wasn't, things weren't travelling too well at home and um, my wife had also, she, she was trying hard to get me sober, my wife found out about hand abuse and she thought well I'll get him to the doctor and she got me to the doctor and she got the hand abuse and um, she used to give me an hand abuse before I left home in the morning and I'd stick it in my mouth and I'd go outside and I'd spit it out the door. But, <laughs> She got cunning. She must have, someone must have said, well, they should be affecting him by now because they weren't having any effect, you see, and I was still drinking. <laughs> so she started sticking it in my coffee and then she'd hand me one and I'd put it in my mouth and I'd spit it out, but I'd drink the coffee. So <laughs> I'd come home in the night time and my face would be red and I'd be glowing like a tail light. <laughs> The antibiotics were starting to work on me. <laughs> the blood pressure was going up and eventually I collapsed on the kitchen floor one Saturday morning and I was in a shocking state. And um, I, got, I finished up in hospital. I came out of hospital and I went down and saw the doctor with her and, and um, she owned up to what she was doing. And, the doctor, and I, I said to the doctor, I said, tell her what will happen if she keeps it up. And, he, and she, he said to her, he said, you'll kill me. And she said, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the state we'd got to. Um, I, I, I used to tell my wife in those days, sometimes I'd come home, I'd be in a foul mood, and I'd, I'd used to tell her that she gave me the, the Jimmy Brits. And, and um, I, I didn't talk like that very often, but, but I, I used to really go off, you know, I changed this Jekyll and Hyde personality, and I, I really changed. And um, I've got home one night after, after really flying into her the night before and her girlfriend sitting there at the table and she'd made an Irish stew and she knew that I loved Irish stew and she mixed up some salts in it and her friend sitting at the end of the table laughing and I said, what are you laughing at? And she wouldn't, she wouldn't say and she just kept laughing and my wife said, would you like some Irish some stew? And I said, yes please and I sat at the table and I said, look, I'm sorry about the way I spoke to you last <coughs> night. She said, that's all right. And she said, would you like some more stew? And her friend sitting at the end of the table, well, I kept eating this stew. Well, for the next three days, <laughs> I, had, I had the best runs you've ever heard of. And that happened more than once. <laughs> so <laughs> things weren't too good, but at the same time, I, I must admit she had a sense of humour. But, <laughs> but it got to a point... It got to a point after I'd been around... Alcoholics Anonymous, and I, and I always say I'd, I'd been around because I, I hadn't joined. I hadn't really got involved anywhere. I was, just, I was just sitting in meetings and going home, but I wasn't doing much. And um, I, 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 people used to say to me, you won't get out of it, anything out of it until you join. But I, I, things weren't working well, and I, and I knew that 
I, I had to do something because I was starting to have thoughts of a drink and it was terrifying me. I was starting to sweat and everything and shake and I thought, I, I can't pick up a drink. Something's got to work. I've been going, I was going to meetings every day and I was going home sitting in the chair and on the, in the couch of an afternoon and I'm saying, please, God, help me and I'm expecting God to do it all. I was just sitting there staring into space thinking this, is, this, is, this isn't working for me but... Um, I got to the point at 17 months and I thought I've got to do something, I've got to make some changes in my life and I made a drastic change of, um, I decided that the relationship I, I was in wasn't working and uh, I had to break away from it, if I could get back to it later all good and well but I, I needed some time out, I needed some space and I decided to leave and um, I had no idea where I was going to go so I, I headed out the door and I, and I can only tell this story and it's my story but um, my, my son decided that he'd come with me and I got onto a friend of mine that was an estate agent I owned a horse with him and, and uh, race horse and, and I'd been paying the training fees and he owed me a favour and I said have you, have you got a house that I can have for a while and he said I've, I've got one you can have rent free for six months seeing that you've been paying the fees so I took the house it was in East Bentley and um, a few people started to help me with furniture a few friends in AA helped me with this and this and that and other people outside and some of my family and we moved in and we moved in and, I, and, I, and when I moved in I thought I've got to do something about this, um, this program, I've got to start doing something and I, I got out the big book, there's not one on the table there either and um, <laughs> I got out the big book and I thought I've got to do my fourth step, I've got to start doing it and I started writing my life story and I had no idea how to do it because there was no steps meetings around at the time. They were just starting. They were just starting and I was lucky that I did get involved in the unity group when it started. But I'm sitting there after about three days and I'm writing things down and I hear the poster go past out the front. And I've gone out the front to get the mail. There was a letter for me and a woman, a woman over the road came across the road and she said, my name's Mrs Mack. She said, I, I know that you've, you've just moved in and I, I, I just want to introduce myself and I'd like to meet your wife. And I said, there's no wife. I said, there's just my son. And, oh, you poor man, I'll make you some soup and I'll bring it over later. <laughs> oh, I thought, yeah. So <laughs> I let her go and she did bring the soup over. But about three o'clock that afternoon, there's a knock on the door. I thought it was her again. And I opened the door and there's a man standing there and he's got his collar back to the front. Mrs. Mack over the road tells me you've just moved into our parish. And I, oh, good old Mrs. Mack. So I invited him in and I pushed my big book and what I had written along the table. And he sat down and he had a coffee with me and after a while he said to me, he said, that book you've got there, he said, it's the second best book ever written. I said, is that so? I said, and how do you know? And he said, well, one of the leaders of that organisation, his daughter is a nun at our school. And I said, and who might this leader be? Because I knew there was no leaders in Alcoholics Anonymous. He said, his name's Marshall, Marshall Hall. And I, I nearly fell over because Marshall was one of my early mentors, you know, when I came in. But he said to me, if you ever want to do anything with those sheets of paper you've got up there, he said, I'll give you my phone number, he said, and you can come and spend some time with me any time you like. And 
he left and um, something hit me. Something hit me for the first time and I realised, you know, that there was something spiritual was working in, this, in my life and um, I couldn't explain it. But you know, the fact that I'd got that house given to me for free for six months, Mrs Mack over the road sends this man to me and this man knows all about this program that I've got there. I thought, this is not coincidence. I had to accept it, you know, and um, I walked out the back, I walked down the steps, and I got down on my knees on the grass, and I believe that that was where I handed my life to the loving care and power of a God that I didn't understand. And to me, um, that was coming to believe in the second step and the transition of... Um, of my life and, and from there I started to grow. I started to believe in myself. I was no longer a doubting Thomas. The prejudice that I had had gone and um, I, 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 it was just something very, very spiritual hit me that day. That's about all I can really say, you know. Like it, was, um, uh, it was really electrifying and, um, and, and um, even today, when I, when I talk about it like now, but, you know, the power of it was so powerful. But um, the thought of a drink was removed. I haven't had it since. Um, but, but, uh, but I started to realise that, that what had been working for me all along that I couldn't see, you know, the, um, the experience and the strength and the hope that I'd been getting all along from some of the older members, the... The, the, the love and the care that they'd been giving me and, and, and that handshake that I'd been getting at meetings and everything all started to come in on me and um, I realised just how important it was and how powerful it was and how powerful Alcoholics Anonymous was. And um, from there I, I wanted to know more and I, um, as I said, I, the, the Unity Group started and they started a steps group um, in Richmond. It was in... Um, Church Street opposite St Ignatius Church on the top of the hill there and um, Bob Preston was a man there and Peter Mack and a few others started it and, and I, I sat through the series um, I, I sat through the first series, the second series and then the third series was a woman named Chris, Chris B ran the series and I said to her I'd like to sit through the series and not talk and not, and not share I'd just like to sit and by sitting and sitting through a whole series and not sharing, and, and there was times I wanted to, I felt like putting my hand up and saying something, but but I, I remained quiet and I took it all in and, and I listened to everyone and what, what people had to say. And um, I got more out of that 12 weeks than I did at any other series that I've ever done at any time. And um, I, I've stuck um, very, very close to steps groups ever since. Um, I've been involved with them all over the place and when David and Chris started them down in St Kilda I got involved down there and I started them down in Frankston. We ran them for six years and um, I was invited into the working party last time in the city which was wonderful and it's good to see it, it kicking off again. I think it's very, very important. But um, to me the second step's you know, a beautiful step. It, it's, a, it's a really powerful step and um, it's, a, it's that transition step from the hopelessness of the first step in the, in the finding some hope in, in one's life and, and that's what I found and um, I'm, I'm grateful to everybody, you know, like for, for what I've got today.
Um, I don't think there's much much more I can say on it. I, I, it's. Um, I, I, I think the. Um, I, I think that the main thing is that it, it just gave me, it took away my own doubts about myself. Um, I started to believe in myself again and started to gain some self-worth and respect and, um, and, and I see myself today as a kind, caring, loving person and I, I could never ever say that when I first came round. I could never. Yeah. And, um, and, and I do what I, I can to, to try and help and put back. Um, it's because of what I've got, as Danny said, you know, that's how it works, and uh, it works by giving it away. And I've learnt that, I've learnt that, and I've, I've done that over the years. So there was something else I was going to say, but I've forgotten. But <laughs> yeah. So look, I'm very grateful. I'm pleased that you're here today, and um, um, I could tell you about what I did with that um, those sheets of paper that I had. It, it wasn't my fourth step. It, the way I did it in the beginning, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. The way I did it in the beginning, I, when I was writing, I was just writing stuff, and, and everything I was writing was pretty negative because I hadn't looked into the big book and what it told me to do and how to do the four step, looking at my resentments, my fears, and um, harm that I'd done others, and so forth. And um, I, I just make, I was just writing a life story. And when I first um, got with a member and and I gave it to him and he said, you've got stuff in here. He said, it goes back to the, for your first teacher at school. He said, we don't want to know about that. He said, what's that got to do with it all? And his name was Brighton Bob. But he said to me, he said, you know, he said, get with the steps groups and, and work out how to do it and how to do your four step properly. He said, but on the other side, he said, he said, get another sheet of paper. He said, and write down some good things about yourself. And I said, I don't have many good points. When I, when I approached him, it was, it was in that, around that stage, but he said, you, he said, you have got good points. He said, you're a father. He said, do you love your son? I said, of course I love him. He said, you feed him, clothe him, take him to school. I said, I do all those things. He said, well, well, put them all down. He said, they're all good points. He said, and start looking and focusing on some of your good stuff. He said, then you'll start feeling better about yourself. And I did that. And even when I did eventually do a fourth step properly, I did it that way, but I'll, I can talk about that if you ever invite me back to the fourth and fifth step. <laughs> <can't I? laughs>